This is Nick Law, and you're listening to the Hot Forward Podcast, getting you ahead in the brewing and beer business. Hotforward.beer is a podcast and website dedicated to the beer industry, supporting budding beer entrepreneurs by gaining insights from experienced brewers and folk within the craft beer industry. So grab a glass, pour yourself a beer, and let's get into this week's episode. I'm Nick and um, I help people hop forward with their beer businesses. So Hop Forward offers branding, marketing and business development for breweries and, and beer businesses of, of all shapes and sizes. Now, before you think, yeah, another marketeer telling me what to do with my beer, my background is I, I used to run the Sheffield Brewery Company. Um, before that, I had my own brand called Emmanuel's, which I'm kind of got on the side as well at the minute. So everything you've talked about today, about going out to Little Tiddlington to deliver one cask through Beer Flex, or going to Kegwatch and finding that your casks aren't there, or worrying about um, your cash flow when HMRC take their beer duty out at the end of the month. I've been there. I know the struggles. So anything I say today, from my years of, of brand development, I'm also saying from the hat of a brewer as well. So what I want to talk about today is the title of it is The Best Beers You'll Never Try and, what, and why branding is paramount for your brewery and business. Now the marketing stuff is going to tie into this and you, you'll see why later on. So as I said, you should be getting this brand audit sheet. So what I want you to do is as we go through each of these areas, I want you to rate yourselves out of 10 as we go along. But before we, we do that, I want to start with a short story. So a few years ago, I took a trip to Norfolk with my family on holiday. Uh, we stayed in a small village that was pretty devoid of any decent beer, except there was one small shop that had one local brand of ales in it. And it, it turns out this beer in question, it had won multiple awards. It was stocked in uh, Waitrose throughout the region. Um, and it was, a, it was a really, really, really nice beer. But the problem was, it looked like this. Now, I've I've created a pseudonym brand uh, for the brewing question, but that that is pretty much an accurate representation of of what these beers look like. Now, they're a bit unimaginative, they're a bit uninspiring, a bit bland and boring. If these literally weren't the only beers in town, I I would never, ever have, have tried them. So that leaves this question then. So, as as long as my beer looks good and it tastes great, we're we're sorted, right? Okay, I want to ask a quick question. What do you think about these breweries? Just shout out some answers, first things that come to your head. Dreadful. Okay, yeah. We've got dreadful. International. Charlatans. Charlatans, international. What was that? Global brewers, yeah. So we've got some pretty negative associations with these brands, right? But the thing is, these breweries, personal preference aside, make relatively decent beer, right? Uh, you know, and, and they definitely look good. They've got great logos. The brewery on the far left-hand side, their website's exceptional. If you go on their website, it's from, from a designer's point of view, it's, it's amazing. So that begs this question then, that can a brewery look good and taste good but not be a great brand? I say yes because a brand is more than a logo or the design on a can. So 
What is a brand? Um, Seth Godin, who's an expert when it comes to brands and marketing, said this. He said, a brand is the set of expectations, memory, stories and relationships that taken together account for a consumer's decision to choose one product or service over another. So that's, a brand is a set of expectations, memory, stories and relationships that taken together account for one consumer's decision to choose one product or service over another. What you see visually is only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to brands. Now, I think we all know that icebergs go much deeper below the surface, right? And so you only see a small percentage of, of what's on top, okay? That is your brand. The entirety of your, your beer business so the beers, the tone you use, the, the culture, the internal communications, that the whole shebang is your brand. So going on to this, and this is where your brand audit's gonna come in. We're gonna go through each section. We're gonna break this down into three main areas. You have got a visible brand or a surface brand. So that's what a customer sees. You've got an experiential brand. This is what the customer experiences. And then you've got what I call the invisible brand. Um, and that's, that's everything a customer perceives and feels. So right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break each of these down. So this is where you can start to use your audits to, to go through and rate yourselves honestly out of 10. So starting with a visible brand then, your logo. Right, the logo is like, it's, it's the pinnacle of the iceberg. Your logo should be a visual representation of who you are in a way that's easily identifiable to a customer. So I've pulled out a few logos here. Um, which we'll try and set aside what we feel personally about these, these different brands. But um, So I'll just talk you through. The Ma Magic Rock um, wanted something that said local but contemporary brewery to the people of Huddersfield. So they opted for this factory because we all know there's lots of mills and factories in Huddersfield. And I don't know if you know, but the, the name of the brewery comes from the, uh, the business that Richard Burhouse's family had selling precious minerals and rocks, hence the name Magic Rock. Northern Monk, their, their logo is about people coming on a, a craft pilgrimage or finding their true north, as they put it. <coughs> so it's all about having a pioneering spirit and that seeks to convert um, minds to, like a, a quiet revolution, that's how they've put it on their website. They, they very much draw upon this monastic tradition of pilgrimage, but in a, in a contemporary way that's going to try and resonate with their drinkers today. Brewdog, love them or hate them, um, their, their branding is exceptional. Like the logo, obviously, is a dog, although it's a really weird looking dog, um, but it's also got this dirty grunge feel and it looks a little bit like a pin badge and they're, they're very much trying to portray this DIY attitude and heart of a punk. Again, that's open for debate. We can discuss that over a beer later. Or T Timothy Taylor's, I saw somebody from Timothy Taylor's. There you go, I was at, I was at your brewery. Did, did I see you the other day when I came around? No? Okay, I was, I, I was, I was at your brewery last week. Uh, but Timothy Taylor's very much drawing upon heritage and excellence, knows exactly what it is and, and, and who they're trying to reach. I think even the, even the green and gold colours and, and the fonts have this kind of luxurious, historical, legacy kind of quality 
about them, okay? So th that's just the logo, okay? So moving on to the other things that are visible that are, and above the surface, strap lines. Okay, your strap line should be simple, it should be short, it should be a memorable phrase that expresses what your brand stands for, who it's for, and the benefit it provides. So I'm not, not to blow my own trumpet, but I, I thought about the strap line for hot forward, long and hard. So the strap line for hot forward is getting you ahead in the brewing and beer business. So I, I knew through, the, obviously, the hot forward is a play on words, but I, my aim is to get people like yourselves ahead in whether you're a brewer or a beer-related business. So that's, I, I sometimes work with bars, suppliers, uh, distributors. So, uh, you know, you, you strap lines to summarise what you do in a really short, snappy phrase. Okay, your visual identity. This is the bulk of what people see it, it should uniquely communicate and resonate with your, your core audience for your brands this is including everything from like packaging designs websites pump clips point sale materials your typography your colors your textures all all those graphical elements anything that's going to represent you and your brand vi visually and then finally, in terms of what's, what's visible to a consumer, is your offering. Now, pe people often overlook this when it comes to branding, but what does your company actually offer? Like, and, and are your offerings designed and packaged in a way that's going to appeal to your target audience? So I'll give you an example. In 2018, Thornbridge moved from, or it might be back in the 2017 actually, they moved from 500 milliliter bottles to 330 milliliter bottles. And, and around that time with Emmanuel's, which is my brand that I brewed out of Sheffield Brewery Company, I, I was selling 330 mil bottles and all of a sudden it tailed off. My sales went down and I was like, I don't understand what's changed. And I spoke to some bottle shop owners in Sheffield and they said, basically, because of the packaging format, you fall down the same gap as Thornbridge in that um, the, the styles are too traditional for craft beer drinkers but the packaging format is too small for traditional beer drinkers so you've got to think about how your offerings sit and, and the visual elements of that whether they're appealing to the right audience unfortunately so many people when it comes to branding and marketing just focus on what's above the surface and, and so when they think about um, branding or, or having a rebrand, they just think, oh, let's get a designer in and make it look really good and stuff. Like, and don't get me wrong, the, the visual elements are really, really important. And they communicate so much in a split second to a customer about who you are and what you are. But it, it really is only the tip of the iceberg. Okay, the experiential brand. This is where it starts to blend with what you can see above to what's beneath the surface. This is your personality, your voice, and your messaging. How do you say what you say? Like, how, how you communicate with your audience should resonate with the people that you're trying to reach. Like me messaging isn't just about words on a screen or on, on a label, but it, it permeates how you interact with your customers. Because th those actions speak louder than words. So I'll, I'll just pick on Timothy Taylor's again. When I went up, you go into, I don't know if you've ever been, but has anyone ever been? One or two. You go into their entrance lobby. He's checking on the iPad. And it comes up on a screen saying, Timothy Taylor welcomes Nick Law. And I was like, that's, that's brilliant. I felt so welcomed. Just through a little gesture like that, I felt so welcomed. Because you're always communicating something, even when you're not speaking. 
to make sure what you're communicating, either verbally or non-verbally, is in keeping with your brand values, which we'll, we'll come on to shortly. Okay, you, you, your marketing strategy. So this, this is where you start to pull a lot of these threads together. Um, having a great looking brand without a marketing strategy is a little bit like owning an Audi A4 without an engine. Like you, you might look the business, but you, you're not going anywhere. And people often strive and pour money into sales representatives thinking, oh, that's going to be the silver bullet, that's going to get us more sales and save our business. But the thing is, they don't realise that the difference between sales and marketing is sales is, is literally making the sale and taking the cash, but marketing is getting them into the shop in the first place. So a great marketing strategy will encompass the, 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 the methods, your niche target audience, the, the kind of media you use, um, whether that's social media or printed media, or personal media, you know, standing in your tap room and, and talking to your customers and how you present that and what you say. And so as we go deeper, you'll see that, that marketing strategies have to be borne out of, of the very depths of, of who you are as a brewer and a, and a brewery and reinforce everything that a customer sees visibly. <coughs> and then positioning. Like, what, what is your brewery's unique selling point? What makes you different from any brewery down the road? And if you're in Sheffield, where I'm from, there's a brewery on every bloody corner. <laughs> there was a report a few years ago where there's more breweries in Sheffield per capita than anywhere outside of London. It was commissioned by the University of Sheffield, so it remains to be seen how independent that report was, but it illustrates the point. I'll, I'll just give these as an example. Now, I'm, I'm not picking on any of these breweries because they make great beer. Okay, and they, they all make great beer. But th these can designs, they all look similar, don't they? So what makes Cloud Water, Duration, or Good Things Brewing Co. any different? And I, I would argue that it's their positioning in the market. So Cloud Water, they're, they're like the, the juicy IPA, mindful drinking darlings of craft beer. Duration are uh, the UK's farmhouse answer to Vermont's Hill Farmstead Brewery in the States. And Good Things Brewing Co, they're eco-friendly, they're a closed-loop, fully sustainable brewery, and they even use their spent grain to make their own pizza bases. So what can you do, say, or offer that no one else in your industry is doing? Now, I know it's really hard with so many brewers in the UK. But what, what's going to differentiate you from the brewer down the road? But if you're just expecting to make great, hazy double IPAs and put it in a tall boy and get a designer to make you a nice-looking label and watch the sales roll in, then you, you're going to be in for a really rough ride. So, and finally, the, the, the promise. So here, here's the question, like, what, what are you really selling? Great brands, are, they're not just selling beer. There's, there's loads of great beer in the UK, but I, one could argue that there are only a handful of really exceptional brands. Like you, you, you're not just selling beer or product or a service, you're selling a core idea, you're selling something and promising something beyond the product itself. And the, the, be, the best brands focus on this kind of life transformation that the customer's gonna enjoy or benefit from as a result of using your products or services or drinking your beer. And again, I'm gonna use BrewDog as an example. Again, whether you like them or not, 
they are very good at this. They're not just about selling beer, they're about selling this idea of sticking it to the man, although one could argue that they have become the man. Uh, but they're, they're trying to sell like a lifestyle and, and an ideology and, and even a community. If you look at Equity for Punks, and how many people still continue to sign up for it even now, every time they do a round of funding. So what, what you're promising sets you and your customers apart and it sets them up for a fair exchange of value. So this is where everything starts to align from your beer quality, the customer experience, the tone of voice, how it appeals to them visually and, and whether they feel like you've kept your end of the bargain in that fair exchange of value. So for example, us, I spent seven quid on this nice looking can, but the liquid inside is flat and riddled with diacetyl. If you've got those problems in your brewery, you've got a serious problem. And then we get to the very depths, what I call the invisible brand. And I call it the invisible brand because it's so, this is where things are really hard for a customer or each of us to quantify. There are things that come from a non-logical an emotional part of the human brain and it, and it triggers a response from a customer to make a decision whether or not they align themselves with you or your brand or not. Now, I, I know what you might be thinking at this point, you might be thinking, well, you know, you, you stood at the bar and you survey the bump clips and you're like, oh, that one looks good. I'll try a bit of that. Mm, okay, maybe not. I'll try another a bit of that one. Oh, landlord, I don't mean to be cheeky, but can I, can I try those two as well? And you've, you've had samples and about a pint and samples <laughs> throughout the bar, and then you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll go for the pale ale. So sh surely you're buying on taste, right? Like, firstly, I would argue that you, you, your first choice was with the eyes, like the visual brand. And your second choice was that flavour experience and that taste that that product gave you. But the, the question is, will, will you go back again and again and again for that beer? You see, I think if, if you don't plumb the depths of the invisible brand and invest in the, the following three elements that I'm about to share, you, you're going to create some sh short-term sales, but you're not going to build a long-lasting, successful brand. And I believe the very heart and depth of brands are, are three things. They're the why, the what, and the who. So we're going to summarise in this way. Your why is your brand mission. So this is the, the purpose, the very reason you set up a beer business in the first place. Like your brand mission answers this question, why? Why does your brand exist beyond, oh, I really enjoyed home brewing and wanted to sell my beer so I was, you know, to other people, so I started a brewery, which is why a lot of us started a brewery. Um, I know I did. Um, that's another story for another time. Um, your mission shouldn't even really be about, about you, it should, it should be about other people. It should be about the big picture impact that you intend to have on the world and what the customer hopes that that big picture impact is going to achieve. So that's your brand mission. Your, your what are your core values and this, is, this underpins every single aspect of your business. And that they must reflect and demonstrate everything you hold dear about what you are, and why your customers should even care. So again, sorry to pick on Timothy Taylor's as the example, but this is a, a great example. So after I signed in on the little pad with my name on the screen, Tim Dewey, who's the chief executive, came down to meet me. 
Um, he spent the vast part of the day with me. We're talking about four or five hours. He showed me around the brewery. As we were walking around the brewery, he, he's pretty much every employee that walked past, oh, hey, man, how's your kids? Or, hey, how are Liverpool FC doing? Or, hey, how, how was your bike ride the other day? And, and then he was showing me how like, he got the, lights, the, the lightsaber out and looked in every single cask. He's like, we don't just check one in every 40, we check every single one. And then everything that um, I got exposed to in that brewery, in that business, said to me, quality. Just attention to detail and quality. And that's a core value of Timothy Taylor's quality. And you could see it embodied and running throughout their business and integral to their business. So it should permeate everything from that internal culture, how people are treated and how they're paid, right to the very last drop being slurped from the bottom of a glass. And then finally, right at the bottom of the iceberg, and this is the toughest question to answer, but who, who are you? Like, really, who are you? Because it will, it will all come out in the wash, it will all rise to the surface in some way, shape or form, either, as we saw earlier, for better or for worse. And your customers are going to figure out sooner or later um, who you are and who they think you are. And it will impact, as we've seen through some of those brands I showed earlier, it'll impact on you and your business and what people think about you and whether they buy your beer or not. Do you know, I'm, I'm amazed actually at the amount of business, not just brewery-related businesses, but businesses in general that haven't worked this out and nailed these elements and I think to build a successful brand that towers above the surface those deepest depths need plumbing first so what I want to leave you with today um, is this question which one area of your brand if you've been doing this little audit thing could be improved and, and, and what are you going to do about it okay so um, what next um, obviously I'm going to give a little pitch for, for what I do um, but I, I'm, I'm happy to help um, so come, come talk to me, I'll, I'll be sticking around for a bit at the end, um, I, I like, I'm a big pun kind of guy, so um, here's some of my hoppy customers, uh, talk to Anthony from Lincoln Green, I'm sure he'll give a, a, a glowing review uh, of some of the work I've done, um, but if, if, you know, if you think oh, we're, we're all good and we're all sorted, then at least listen to, I run this podcast every week, um, the Hot 4 podcast, it's been a crazy year and a half of doing this, but I've got interviews and discussions and tips of the trays, talk from so many different areas and um, topics surrounding the beer industry. So please go away and listen to this and subscribe to it. And uh, maybe I'll even ask some of you guys onto the show um, as well at some point. So, and, and finally, check out uh, our website, which is hotford.beer. That is a real URL. Uh, or follow, follow what I'm up to on social media at Hot 4 Beers. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Hot 4 podcast this week. Don't forget, we're here to help you get ahead in the brewing and beer business. So hit the subscribe button for more insights into the beer industry. Connect with us at hotforward.beer or through our social media channels at Hot Forward Beers. Until next time, cheers. Hey,